So the reason I chose William Peace was because of their stellar game design program. It's very rare to find a game design program in the United States at all, let alone North Carolina. And this place seemed like the right place for me for where I wanted to go and the connections I could make uh, within the program. Turn your hobby into a career in one of the highest paid professions in the country with William Peace University's Simulation and Game Design Program. Master design, 3D modeling, and programming in a state-of-the-art space with the latest and most remarkable technologies available. Find out more at peace.edu. Murph, we're going to talk about the money Philip Isley, chairman of the Centennial Authority, is going to join us in studio at 3.30. He's going to talk not only just the latest on sports betting here in the state of North Carolina, but changes in and around PNC Arena. So we're going to hit all that at 3.30 today. Yeah, Philip's in the middle of it all. He's he's down there at the at the General Assembly. He's also part of uh, these negotiations with the Hurricanes uh, to get a long-term lease done with them in PNC Arena, plus renovations at PNC and, and development downtown and sports books and, and all that fun stuff. All the stuff that brings in the money. All the stuff that brings in the money. But you know who's looking to cash in right now? College baseball. Because right now things are going on in the college world. Not the World Series officially yet. But it's the NCAA baseball tournament. It's happening right now. Regional action underway. Including down in Columbia, South Carolina. We have NC State taking on Campbell. Campbell's the two seed in that regional the three seed in that region is NC State. Right now, NC State in the bottom of the sixth inning. Campbell's up at bat, but NC State leads this one three to one in a very, very tightly contested game. Yeah, some great defensive plays throughout uh, the first couple innings by NC State to, yep. keep, to keep them in the lead. But right now, Campbell's got a little bit of a rally going. Uh, two men on, two men out, down two. So a uh, lot of eight North Carolina teams in this tournament. Duke is beating UNCW right now. Uh, North Carolina plays later this evening. We got East Carolina. We got Charlotte. Um, lots and lots of teams. Wake Forest, number one overall of, of, seed. Of course, Wake Forest. Overall Can't forget number one about seed. them. Like the, probably the most likely of all these teams to be playing next weekend is Wake Forest. Well, we talked to Darren Vaught earlier this week when the Regents came out, and he actually felt that – the winner of this NC State Campbell game had a legit chance of getting through this region. They thought they both had a really good draw because South Carolina sputtered a little bit. The South Carolina being the number one seed in this in this region sputtered a little bit late in the season. Uh, and Campbell actually thought we talked to Justin Hare earlier this week. He said, "Yeah, felt like we got screwed out of hosting a regional." So a little bit of a chip on the Campbell's shoulder. Or on their hump, I guess you could say, however you, want, however you want to define it. But nevertheless, he feels the winner of this matchup has a legit chance of getting through this regional and even getting to Omaha. Yeah, and the Iowa-UNC uh, game, that's a 2-3 matchup in that regional. Yep. In um, Indiana State. Indiana State's the one. Um, again, I've seen a lot of people who think the winner of the Iowa-UNC game mm -hmm. has a really good chance of getting out of that regional. Uh, part of that is probably some bias against Indiana State, even though they had a great RPI, great regular season, not a traditional power. And so you look at a team like that, and, and could North Carolina get to the Super Regional? A, a lot to be determined, but it's it's a fun day. It's I mean, you speak, Speaking of Indiana State in that regional, by the way, they're trailing Wright State 5-3 in the top of the eighth inning. Uh, so that, a that lot would of, really open the regional up for, for North Carolina and, and, and or Iowa. It, it definitely could. And Duke, as you mentioned, has a 6-3 lead over UNC Wilmington. That's in the top of the seventh inning. So UNC Wilmington is at bat right now. Uh, but some uh, conversations right now in the in the East – I'm sorry, in the Campbell-NC State game about a hit-by-pitch potentially. But there was a moment in the top of the fifth inning where NC State had bases loaded. They're up 3 nothing, And – 
the starting pitcher for Campbell got out of that jam with a three-pitch strikeout. And I was thinking, you know what? If that, that could be a momentum swing in Campbell's favor. They've got a, a run on the board since and could tack on a little bit more. We'll keep you updated throughout the show here in terms of scores and everything happening here today in regards to teams in the state of North Carolina, college baseball. Love it. It's a lot of fun going on right now. But other championships are taking place, Brian Murphy. NBA Finals, we had game one last night. Nuggets won by 10, though that score is a little bit more skewed. I think it was uh, much more in control that game. Denver had it for much throughout. But Nikola Jokic, triple-double, go figure. It's like another day. Just another day for Nikola Jokic. Just has a triple-double in his NBA Finals debut. And the impressive part about that game was he didn't attempt his first field goal until like literally the last 12 seconds of the first quarter. Yeah, he's one of the few players in the NBA that can dominate without scoring. Um, yeah. He, they simply run their offense through their center, which is you know doesn't happen a lot in the NBA anymore either. No. And, and not really in the low post, right at the foul line. And he people are just whirling around him, and he finds the open guy, finds the advantage almost every time. I think he had 14 assists. Um, 27 points, 10 rebounds, 14 assists. Again, a, a 104-93 win for, and, the, and Houston, Denver, uh, for the Denver Nuggets. Yeah, Denver led by about 24 at some point in, yeah, in that they, game. Yeah, they controlled that game throughout. I was wondering how if fatigue from a seven-game series for Miami. Again, they're up 3 nothing against Boston. For you know, it's like, oh, crap, we're in game seven on the road. And they get to go to Denver in altitude and have to go play. I don't know if there's a little bit of a come down from that. Denver has just been sitting around for a week and a half, literally, waiting to play that game. Yeah, Miami missed some open threes in the beginning. Their overall three-point numbers are okay. I think they shot 33% from, uh, from yeah. three. But they missed a lot early mm-hmm. when the game was in, in doubt. Obviously, they made a bunch in the fourth quarter when the game was kind of you know, over. But early in that game, they missed some open threes. And that's going to have to be there. I don't see how they can slow down the Denver offense any more than they did. Um, you know, Mark Jackson on the broadcast talks a lot about you may just have to turn Jokic into a scorer. Mm-hmm. Like, look, we're not going to let all these other – we're not going to let you get 14 assists. Yeah. If you want to score 50, go ahead and score 50, but we are not going to let everybody else get off in this game. I don't know if that's any better or worse. Uh, you know, just put the load on Jokic and say, look, you can't pass. You're going to have to score. Um, and we know you can. We know you'll score a lot, but – it's better than us giving up a bunch of threes and a bunch of backdoor cuts and layups and dunks uh, that we were giving up in this game. It'll be interesting to see Miami's adjustment on the offensive end. They just got to hit some shots. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that's what carried them through the first couple rounds of the playoffs. That's what carried them in the first three games against Boston. They kind of lost that three-point shooting as Boston came back in that series. But I think Struess is was 0 for 9. Uh, Jimmy Butler did not have one of these Jimmy Butler type games that he's had in the playoffs and and he's really been struggling since he since he sprained his ankle so I I don't know I look at this series and just say I'm not sure Miami has has any answer to what Denver can do offensively we'll get into that more here in just a little bit but third thing here at three o'clock the soccer tournament the TST is taking place first ever one taking place at Wake Med Soccer Park in Cary, 32 teams all from around the world. They're already into the round of 16 because these games happen so fast. They're playing multiple games in a day, these teams are. But a storyline coming out of that, we see Dallas United, which is a semi-pro club made up of collegiate soccer players, withdrawing from the tournament, Brian. Yeah, th- unfortunately, this story is going to overshadow the, f- the first tournament, I fear. Yeah. But- 
Uh, At least the first day of it. Last night in the in the West Ham United game, West Ham is a club over in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Um, these are some retired players. It looks like guys, you know, older players are playing for their team. Um, there was an incident in the middle of that game. Dallas was up to nothing where, uh, you know, there was a racial slur or alleged racial yeah. slur uh, against used by a Dallas player. It appears against a West Ham player. Uh, there was a, a confrontation on the field. Play was suspended. Eventually, the the Dallas team has withdrawn from the tournament. The West Ham team played again this morning, won their game, but they are not advancing. And and some of their players came out and spoke about the incident after. We'll have some of that sound later in the show. But um, I I don't know. I I feel good that the TST sort of handled it as quickly as they did, as promptly as they did. kind of put it behind them as best they could but hate that that this event the seven on seven soccer tournament for a million dollars attracted a lot of attention here i think sold out uh, yeah. here in, the, in a, a soccer crazed kind of area uh hate that this this incident um and we, and we still don't know exactly what was said um yeah we don't fully know we're not going to speculate or, or you but know project. hate that that's gonna that that's gonna be what this first tournament may be known for is, is gonna bar the event a little bit time will tell regarding that uh but it's uh it saddens me that this is still a conversation and, and soccer does have a an issue with this, this oh yes i mean you know particularly in in latin america particularly in europe there have been lots and lots of incidents of, of racial slurs being used in games by fans chanting so this is not this is something that soccer has had to deal with globally yeah Uh, this is not unique to to this tst tournament tst tournament concludes on sunday night with or sunday with a million dollar championship game uh the quarterfinal the round of 16 is happening tonight quarterfinals and semifinals tomorrow and then on sunday will be the championship game and uh, we talked to to the head of the the founder of this yeah and he talked about if nobody scores they start pulling guys off the field well they got down to two on two in one of the games did they really yeah yesterday that's fun it's it's unique how this this tournament is set up we'll, we'll dive more into it thank you for listening to the best of the drive podcast i'm tim donnelly here with coach pete deruda america's wealth coach and best-selling author coach one of the big questions i always hear is do i have enough money to retire well maybe maybe not the most important thing is you have lifetime income you can never outlive we'll design that plan for the next 10 people to call no cost or obligation put yourself in control of retirement call 800-691-3215 you can also text tim to 600-700 that's t-i-m to 600-700 you'll hear from coach pete and the capital financial advisory group something that the sec is doing i think is actually going to benefit the acc that's brian murphy dennis cox here with you this afternoon on 99.9 the fan miss any of the conversations check it out on the best of 99.9 the fan podcast brian something that the sec is doing with their football schedule we know that with conference realignment texas oklahoma are going into the sec come 2024 so next football season okay not this upcoming year 2024 next year they're getting rid of divisions, which we're seeing the ACC doing that this year. Big Ten's also doing it 100% on board. Pac-12's already done it, 100% on board with divisions. Are you, are you on board with divisions? Yeah. Bye-bye Coastal. <laughs> Bye-bye Atlantic. I'm, I'm okay, I'm, I am okay. I'm 100% on board with the way the scheduling is being done. Well, it's led to a lot of problems in the SEC in particular because it has. the West is so much better than the East. Well, they're, they're, they're getting rid of divisions, and they're, they're going to stick with an eight game conference schedule you're like okay dennis why does that matter <laughs> who cares here i'll explain i'm gonna explain why this matters and why it's important to the to the acc 
if the SEC went to nine conference games, well, guess what? They're down to three conference non-conference games, and you know they're not going to schedule two or three Power Five non-conference games. They're just not going to do it because say SEC is hard enough as it is. We don't need to schedule. Guess what? You'd schedule one, and that's it. And you know you're going to get, for example, South Carolina is going to play Clemson, that that regional or that that in-state rivalry. Georgia Tech's going to play Georgia. Florida State's going to play Florida. Well, that means like that, like the Duke's Mayo kickoff classic between Carolina and South Carolina, or we've we've seen with NC State and, Car- and South Carolina. That game doesn't happen anymore because they're going to schedule a FCS school as well as a group of five. That's how it's going to work. So a lot of a lot of ACC SEC matchups would potentially go away. For example, Virginia's playing Tennessee this year down in Nashville. That game probably wouldn't be scheduled if the SEC had nine conference games. So this that brings up my point about this is that if ACC football wants to elevate itself, you have to play against SEC schools. Simple as that. Well, you have to win. <laughs> and, and, well, and win them, too. Right, because they play a lot you of games against them. the SEC. They don't win a whole bunch of games against the SEC. I think it's a horrible – I understand where you're coming from, and I think it's, gr- it's great for the ACC in, in that terms. Yeah. The ACC only plays eight conference games in large part because they say, well, half of us have to play Notre Dame every year. Yeah. And a lot of us have to play an SEC team every year. So, in essence, we're really playing nine, you know, P- P5 games. Yeah. And so we need the schedule flexibility. Um the SEC is go is sticking with eight at least for 2024, basically because ESPN's not paying them to go to nine. There's that, but I think it's a terrible move by the SEC. Oh, really? I mean, you're, you've got a 16 team conference. You're you're only playing eight games, and you're only protecting one rivalry. So that means if you're Texas, your rival that's protected is Oklahoma. Okay. How are Texas and Texas A&M in the same league not going to play every year? Uh, well, I could say the same thing about the ACC. How is how does Carolina and I'm sorry, how does NC State and Duke not play each other every year when they're 30 minutes down the road? So we've seen that. Well, right, but we've I, seen the that. whole reason of getting Texas is to renew that rivalry with Texas A&M, and they're not going to play every year. Now that game will happen in 2024, and by 2025, the SEC may be at nine conference games. Mm-hmm. But this is a real opportunity. I think you're right for the ACC. I also think there's an opportunity this year for the ACC. How so? That hasn't gotten uh, – David Teal of the of the Richmond paper has written about it, and I think the ACC put out their schedule for the first three weeks, their television schedule. Follow me here for one second. Okay. The, the Big Ten, which is growing as well next mm-hmm. year, is no longer affiliated with ESPN or ABC. Yeah. Their games are now going to be on Fox, CBS, and NBC. Mm-hmm. And so that leaves a whole lot of time slots open – uh, and the, and obviously the ESPN has a deal with the the with the SEC, but they also have a deal with the ACC. And yeah. They need to fill a lot of time slots that used to go to Michigan and Ohio State and Penn State and Wisconsin and Iowa and you name it from the Big Ten. Those slots are suddenly open. If you look at the schedule that's been released by the networks and and by the leagues, in the first three weeks of this season, the ACC plays at noon on ABC. Yeah. That Virginia-Tennessee game you mentioned, mm-hmm. the this big, big game here in Raleigh, Notre Dame against uh, NC State, noon kickoff, ABC, full country distribution. The week three, Boston College, Florida State. You look at some of the primetime games, 7.30 on ABC, again, a spot where Michigan or Penn State would often end up. You've got North Carolina, South Carolina, that game from Charlotte the first week. Um, the first week you also have Florida State, LSU on Sunday night, and Duke-Clemson on ESPN on Monday night. And then the third week of the season, you have Pitt, West Virginia. 
And then, and then if you Back look at the, and then if you look at the second week on ABC, you've got the Notre Dame NC State game at noon, followed by Miami Texas A and M at three thirty, all on ABC. Mm-hmm. We we don't think of the ACC as needing more exposure. But, man, they are getting a lot of exposure yeah. early in the season in these non-conference. Most of these are non-conference matchups. Chance to really prove themselves on ABC at noon, on ABC at 730, on ESPN at 8 o'clock. I mean, they are getting the the prime time, prime time spots that you want for college football. So they really have a chance, I think, to change that narrative that you talked about, that it's a it's only Clemson or it's only Clemson and Florida State that yeah. are worth anything in this league. NC State has a great opportunity there against against Notre Dame in week two. Virginia with a great chance against Tennessee. North Carolina with a great chance against, uh, against South Carolina. And a lot of those games are, as you say, ACC, SEC games that may go away if the SEC goes to nine. And that's something I don't want to see happen because we know that the SEC, again, how they would schedule would be, okay, if, if it was nine conference games, I'm going to schedule my one non-conference power five, whomever that might be, a group of five school, and then an FCS school. Just as simple as that. Because that group of five and that FCS school should be wins. Yeah. Sh- should be wins. Simple as that. Guess what? I'm going to pay Utah State if you're Auburn or whomever to come out here or whatever it might be. Or I think, I think UCLA – I think is, is Auburn actually heading out west, I think, for a game this upcoming season. I think maybe against UCLA. I think they're but they're playing against a Pac twelve school, which is which is fine. I think that's good. Like, you know what? Brand yourself cross country. It's a good way if you want to draw recruits from 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 the West Coast, you gotta go play we willing to go play those games. But nonetheless, I think it the the ACC gets left out if the SEC does that. Yeah. Is the way I look at it. At some point the ACC may have to go to nine games as well. And they, they don't want to go to nine for the yeah. same reasons that the SEC doesn't want to go to nine. If you add another conference game, that's another conference loss for half the teams in your exactly. league. Exactly. And so you add a ninth game, that's you know nine more losses across the board somewhere mm-hmm. that have to go somewhere. Um, or, or more than that, 14 more losses because there's 14 teams. They yeah. each be playing an additional game. If you look at like Georgia has some games scheduled with Clemson. I think NC State has some games scheduled with Florida. Um I think North Carolina has some games scheduled with South Carolina. Those are the type of games that may come off the board. Georgia may say, we already got Georgia Tech. Yeah. I already got nine SEC games, which is going to include maybe Texas, maybe Oklahoma. I mean, Alabama, Florida. And they may decide, look, we don't we don't need to play Clemson anymore. Um, you're right. Some of those big ACC, SEC games may go away. The one saving grace. What's that? TV cares about big matchups. That's true. They, they do. want viewers. If Georgia runs a steady stream of UABs and and Charlottes and uh, Utah States onto their schedule, I think ESPN, ABC may say, hey, wait, whoa, let's get the Clemson back on the schedule. Let's Mm -hmm. game games that are really going to draw eyeballs. And with a 12-game playoff, or 12-team playoff, excuse me, it doesn't hurt you as much to to have an extra loss. That that non-conference strength of schedule really is going to start to factor into things. Uh, But, yeah, you you might see the – you know, a, a Georgia versus Clemson in Atlanta at the the Superdome or whatever it is down there. Uh, Mercedes Benz, whatever. Silverdome, Superdome, all that stuff gets in. <laughs> it's whatever it is. Mercedes Benz Stadium. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.